What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Social City Podcast, Episode 4, Season 1. I'm your host, Omar Foster, at Old School Omar. This is my beautiful wife, Abby, hotter than wasabi, <laughs> Foster, at Abby on Instagram. Say what's up to the people, boo. What up? <laughs> on today's episode, we're going to be chatting about five life hacks when you feel discouraged. We got this fun new segment called Things I Wish People Knew About You mm. and Things people You Wish People Knew About Me. That's right. Then we got our normal Obsession of the Week. <laughs> and then we'll finish off with some gratitude. But first, we got to give a shout out to our sponsor of the week. Alive Inside, y'all. Mm. Alive Print Shop on Instagram. Hit up their website, www.aliveprintshop.com. If you know anything about Social City, we got to keep the people swaggy. I've been working with Alive Inside since 2012, and there's a reason they have kept our business this long. They have an awesome staff, and their customer service is next level. They've always taken care of me, had integrity in their work, and overall great communication. Their staff is personable, and you can tell they really value your business. Mm -hmm. I got to give a shout out to Austin, man. Been working with Austin the best. for 12 years now. It's been cool seeing his growth from one building into the next, um, pumping up their staff, the things that they have to offer. This shirt right here is by Alive Inside, y'all. They print. They do screen printing, embroidery. They do hats, patches, anything you can think of marketing-wise, those guys do over there. It's really cool, like I said, to see their growth. Uh, we've been kind of peers as business owners. We've had times where we get to just chit-chat about, you know, business and, nice. and, yeah, the ups and downs and obstacles that we're facing as business owners. So, again, shout-out to Austin from Alive Inside. Those guys got something really good going on over there. Thank you guys for the love and support. Thank you. Here we go. After 14 years of being in the health and fitness space, we have heard hundreds of collective stories, conversations, and perspectives that have created so much inspiration in our own lives that we wanted to bring them beyond the four walls of the gym and share them on a greater platform. Our goal is to share some of our favorite personalities, stories, and perspectives that continue to inspire us. Episode four. One, two, three, and to the foe. Abby and Omar are at your door. <laughs> we wanted to give a big shout out to all of our listeners and viewers. The love and the support we've had over the past three episodes has been much more than we could have ever imagined. Seriously. When we pulled the trigger on this, you know, yeah. just kind of dove in head first and just kind of figuring it out. Uh, so thanks for coming along the ride with us, y'all. Let us know in the comments if there's any topics you guys want us to discuss in the future or if there's something you guys want to hear us talk about on the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it's February, the month of love. So in honor of <laughs> Cupid, we have a fun segment called Things I Wish People Knew About You. <laughs> Avi and I have both written down a list of five things we wish people knew about each other. We have not shared this list yet and thought it would be fun to share it all with you guys. I feel like I wasn't nervous until now. I don't know why. <laughs> so who wants to go first? Ooh, paper, rock, scissors paper, for rock, sure. Paper, rock, scissors? Here we go. Like, like just one? Best out of three, what you think? Yes. Just one? One and done. One and done. All right. Here we go. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right. You won. I won. Yeah, did you scissors, hear that all? Scissors, I won. Scissors cut paper. Why don't I go paper? Ah, uh, you go all first. Right. I guess I'll go first. About Abby. <laughs> Things I wish people knew. The Hype Girl Collective is at the top of my list. Oh, I wow. think that's so cool that you started your own company, your own LLC. You get to be selective with companies and brands you get to you get to work for and, and do marketing for. Um, I'm proud of you for that, boo. Mm, thank you. The Hype Girl Collective. Yeah, Hype Girl Collective is yeah. my marketing agency. I have a handful of clients, um, but it's been really cool because I've always wanted to do my own thing, and I just never thought that I could. And 
you really created that space to make that possible. So really, thank you. Because if it wasn't for that, I would have never even gone down that route. So yeah. So there's number one. Yeah. Number two, if you're not in the gym, I don't, if you're not at our gym, I don't think people understand how strong you actually are. (laughs) Like, Abby's PR deadlift is, what, 355? 355. Like, 355 deadlift. That's heavy for a girl. Like, I have days where I'm lucky (laughs) to pull 355 for a deadlift. I like a deadlift. Yeah, and then your hang power clean, you did, what, 200 this past Wednesday? I did 200. I think my my all-time's 215. Yeah, 200-pound hang power clean. Just, yeah, no big deal. Not only is she strong, but, like, she's a beast with conditioning. Like top of the leaderboard. I feel every like time. I'm getting like a little hot. I didn't anticipate like that with yeah. this section. It's like if there's ever a partner workout or Team Tuesday or like today, you got partnered up with the new guy Daniel. He every, crushed though. That guy yeah, crushed. Really yeah. But I was trying to keep up. But after we were like, okay, Avi's going to go with the new guy, Daniel. You could hear everyone silently being like, oh, dude, that sucks for you. Like, <laughs> you're about to get crushed. But no, you're in really amazing well. shape, strength and conditioning wise. Man, thank you. And then number three, you're a woman of your word. If you say you're going to pray for somebody, you pray for somebody Mm. by their name. Mm -hmm. Like you don't miss out. You don't just say that. You do it from your heart. Yeah. So when I think when people say, hey, like I'll pray for you, I don't know how serious they are. If it's just something that people say. It definitely has become this soundbite that we throw around so often. And I think we're definitely in a season of the world feeling like we're saying that more than we probably should out of tragedy or out of sadness so for me i actually got that from my dad my dad would say he was going to pray for someone i heard him pray for them Mm. and he is consistent to this day i mean i if i have friends going through things he is a part of my little prayer pack and i send him a text with full names and he's praying too so really it's a tip to tip of the hat to my dad because i saw how that changed for people Mm. and it changed the way that I looked at prayer, because I think when I was little, I used to think about prayer as kind of just something to show gratitude or to ask for forgiveness. And I didn't realize it was such a powerful tool for like other people. You yeah, know? there's yeah. power in prayer. So if you need prayer, you just you let your girl know. Yeah, you just, I got you. You just hit Abby. Up. That's right. She'll pray for you at bedtime and morning time uh, and, and, and then, then the cold uh, plunge. Uriah and Sayla and I <laughs> sometimes fall asleep <laughs> during Abby's prayer because they're pretty long. <laughs> they, are, they are really long. Sorry. Uh, I'm a little verbose. <laughs> yeah, but I love it. <laughs> so number four, how thoughtful and a loving wife you are. The things you do like the lemon love notes mm-hmm. when I come downstairs and you write a little note on my on my lemon water with a with a knife there. It's like a, a sweet letter with like a knife that's Just a reminder. pretty aggressive and violent. Just a violet, reminder. You know? Um, you've done stuff like the affirmations you've wrote on the mirror for me. Mm. Like that was huge. You do a good job at celebrating wins and victories for me. You're big on that. Yeah. And I love it. Cause I'm so proud of you and your deserves, like you deserve to be celebrated. And then last one, you balance us out with your empathy. Oh, <laughs> true that. Although I'm you're like, getting way more empathetic. Yeah, you really yeah. are. You've yeah. grown so much. I've been pretty stone cold. But I'm for- way sensitive. Maybe too much sometimes. Sorry yeah. about it. Well, I was so hardcore that I'm like, I don't understand these emotions you're feeling towards these people. You're Do like, you remember? Don't you feel so bad for so and so? And I'm like, no, I don't even know who that is. Oh yeah, I don't have to even know them. Like, but now I'm, I love you for it though. I'm that person that's like, I could read a tragedy on Instagram of a friend of a friend, and I'm looking at oh for two days. Sometimes I'm like, man, I just because I don't know. I just think there are a lot of people that hurt or that go through things and sometimes we get so desensitized and I remember a season when I was going through my own struggle and just felt like so alone and so invisible 
So for me, it's just part of probably my own self-healing of yeah. caring about other people. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. In the beginning, it used to, it used to drive me a little crazy. <laughs> a little? Like, Why do you have the energy to put forth in these other people? Well, I mean, I didn't. I mean, that's part, it is a balance, though. I think um, when you are someone that's super empathetic, you have to create boundaries, especially because it takes so much energy and you can still be there and not take it on. And that's something I've been trying to be a little bit better at is still be empathetic, but maybe not take it on as if it's my own. Because I know that that's also been tough. But <laughs> but no, it's something I love about you. Oh, Because I'm like, if people are wanting to reach out to us as the fosters, <laughs> you're usually the go-to. It's like, oh, I'm going to hit Abhi up and try, to, yeah, and try to get a direct line to Omar because <laughs> he has no feelings. He does. <laughs> I do. I do now, for sure. I used to always send, oh, the there's a meme of somebody crying in the shower and the way that you would comfort them was like the broom. Mm -hmm. You like touch them with a broom. I used to send that to you all the yeah, time. You okay in there? <laughs> mm, checking on you. Yeah, so those are my five things I wish people knew about you, boo. Man, thank you. Yeah. They're all so good and like squishy i like it yeah, you know i try okay <laughs> so here are my five things that i wish people knew about you uh oh you're right i guess i feel a little nervous too yeah right it's a little nerve-wracking <laughs> just let you sit in here for a second right. don't make me cry um i how much you care about people because while you are not maybe outwardly expressive like you really care about people and you're so big on showing up for people i remember when we started the gym and we would just go to like random soccer games of kids of the members and we were in our I mean all fairness we were in our mid-20s and I had no friends with kids so it was just kind of a foreign thing for me of like okay we're going to a soccer game on a Saturday cool like I, <laughs> I, I didn't know our business like extended beyond the the hours of class and then what I realized is like that's how you love people and the way that you show that you care so it's like while I'm very verbal and physical touch and all of that like you you show up for yeah. people. You're really big on that, big on having someone to look out in the crowd and make sure that they're there and supporting them. And I think sometimes you're so good at keeping everything very tight to the vest and you're very stoic. So in any season that we've been in, whether it's stuff with the gym or friends or family or whatever, you do keep such good bearing. But man, sometimes I wish people like knew how big that heart was. Yeah, you know, you know where that comes from? Just think as a kid growing up, my dad was very verbally supportive. Mm -hmm. Like if there was something I wasn't good at, he's like, hey man, like get out there and shoot a hundred free throws a day, shoot a hundred three points a day, do a hundred pushups and you would get better as long as you practice and put, put the forth time. the effort. But then like he never showed up, mm. never showed up to the games, you know? Yeah. Not one, like not a single one. Really? You know? So I think that's where that kind of stems from is like, I just want to show people support, like yeah. how much it means to see show someone up. out, yeah, to see yeah. someone out in the crowd that's like just there cheering you on and rooting you on, and just want to see you do the thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that was number one. Okay. Number two. Hit me with it. That you love strawberry milkshakes, <laughs> but not strawberry ice cream. Yeah, it's kind of. And weird. you love chocolate ice cream, but not chocolate milkshakes. Not a chocolate shake. And that about sums it up <laughs> on like what it's like to be married to Omar. <laughs> like he he will look at you sometimes and be like, yeah, duh, like. How did you not know this? And, yeah. and then I look at that rationale and I'm like, well, that is about as clear as mud. Um, but I love that about you because it's such a it's such a funny nuance. But I think it kind of perfectly encapsulates your personality <laughs> as well. Like you're so unique in that. Like you don't. Yeah, like it doesn't really make sense. But it doesn't at about all. Ice to me. cream that like I like to chew ice cream. In yeah. A sense. 
So like slurping on a chocolate <laughs> shake just doesn't do it for me. I know. And then vice versa, like strawberry ice cream. Nah, I don't want nothing to do with it's it. It's hilarious like, oh, on a Friday. Strawberry shake for show. Yeah. So that that's number two. And I just <laughs> I, I feel like if you know Omar, then it gives you a little bit of insight. On okay, that's a good like. one. That's a good one. <laughs> but it's like do to be not near. get Omar chocolate shake. <laughs> yeah. Duly noted. Duly noted. <laughs> um, I also number three. Um, I wish you talked about your motorcycle accident more mm. and what a testimony that is. So in 2005, uh, Omar was in a motorcycle accident. He was at a closed tracked sanctioned race. He had a brand new R1. Oh yeah. You know, you yeah. know what bike know, it is and everything. I know the story. <laughs> um, and he wrecked, uh, kind of flying down the end of that track. And he woke up three days later in the hospital, flight for life. His mom had been flown across the country. Mm -hmm. uh, when the doctor told him that they had to remove his spleen, <laughs> his next question was, how long do I have to live? How long do I have to live, bro? Tell me what's up. Like, I didn't know what the spleen did. Apparently I don't, you don't think need most it people do. Yeah. Um, but as crazy of a story that is, it's such a testimony to your mindset and to who you are as a person and how you are so self-made and you are not one to be told what your limitations are. And I just think there's so much value in that testimony. And then also to be able to witness your physical capabilities mm. from that. So broken back, ruptured spleen, broken wrist, broken, yeah. broken hip, broken hip, fracture. Well, L2 through L2 L5. Through L5 yeah. Fractures. yeah, man. Broken from head to toe. Seriously. Yeah, doctors told me I'd be lucky if I walk unassisted ever again. Exactly. And yeah. I and I wish sometimes, well, you're so humble about that. I just think that story would help so many people. So I thought I'd bring it up today okay. just I in case. It. I love it. Um, and then number four, I said that you're truly a self-made person. Everything that we have in our life outside of our home that we're trying to pay down, we've paid for in cash. And it's, I don't say that as a flex. And there are some people that, you know, maybe that's not the financial advice that they would take, but I've always been so impressed with your ability to create opportunity and never, even if we feel like we're at a dead end, it's not a dead end. And the, your point of view and how you grind and hustle and you're not, you don't talk about it. You're not one to ever brag about what you've done, but I always look, there's a, um, there is a pink ball in our gym that's in a case that a lot of people walk in and either they walk past it or sometimes they kind of eye it. It looks a little strange. It's mm -hmm. just like this little deflated ball yeah. that's duct tape, duct tape, pink, pink duct, duct tape. tape with dirt in it. And that was our first wall ball because when we were started CrossFitting in 2010, we were learning off YouTube, mm -hmm. learning from Colby at 24 Hour Fitness. We had no equipment and oh made his own wall ball like if, again like his personality yeah because colby was like hey man there's a couple things they use often wall balls yeah. kettlebells like a jump rope or something like that yeah and we were looking up wall balls and they were like 150 bucks and i was like bro i'm not spending 150 <laughs> bucks for a wall ball i'm just tossing up on a wall so we, we makeshift made one out of dirt grocery bags and taped it up it's probably got six layers yeah. underneath the pink tape because we would toss it up on the wall we'd get tired of like hit the ground and kind of just bust and rupture I have to go and add dirt to make sure uh, it stayed at 20 yeah, pounds. Exactly. Curious to know where it's at today. Totally. <laughs> um, but just the fact that you're self-made and that you, you didn't come from much and you've made an opportunity for yourself and everything that you've done. You've never been one to kind of self-promote that, but man, I'm so proud of that. I just think that there is something different when you're cutting your teeth that way mm. and it makes you appreciate so much. And it also is part of why you're so fearless. Like you came from nothing. So look, you're not afraid to have nothing. Yeah, and, true that. And that has 
helped me grow so much as your partner. And it's just really inspiring. And I think sometimes because you carry yourself so well and you carry yourself with so much confidence, people have no idea the background that you have and where you come from. And man, it just always makes me incredibly proud. And I wish you talked about it a little bit more. So thank you, boo. That was number four. And number five, another food tip, never serve Omar pizza without meat. Actually, don't serve him any meal without meat. <laughs> I was a vegetarian for seven years when I met Omar. I just barely started eating chicken. And literally, that was one of his non-negotiables <laughs> was me eating meat. Um, I think he, he said it jokingly, but now I've realized that he was probably very serious. But um, if you ever want to have Omar over for dinner, if you want to bring him a snack, if you want to take him to lunch, just always make sure it's centered around meat. He is like straight <laughs> carnivore. doesn't have to be real. centered around meat, but like a complete vegetarian meal would just like cheese and marinara sauce like come on give me some protein in yeah there, right? yeah gotta hit the macros and, and well we always have meat in our meals i should put it yes we do oh he did though do vegetarian for what seven days yeah, I did vegetarian for seven days that was a while ago yeah. i mean i found myself eating two grilled cheese sandwiches every <laughs> night like a bowl of cereal in the morning which i never hate cereal and i just trying to find my way through being a vegetarian but i was like this isn't healthy i mean a bunch of garbage stuff and i'm sure there's ways to do it right there like, is no there is it, but like you can eat clean single ingredients or like plant-based vegetarian or whatever it is. But totally. I definitely didn't do it right. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't either. For seven years, I was like a pastatarian and like lived off Caesar salads. Like, and I thought I was like crushing it. Couldn't imagine why I didn't have any muscle back then. So all good. But yeah, those are my five. So meat, the strawberry shakes, and just a little bit more about like who you are and sharing that. I love that. Thank you. That was a fun little segment. Yeah. Man, it's been a great week, but I've not been feeling too hot the last couple of days. And I got to tell you, the wifey has dope me up on all the holistic Crunchy ways. mom. Totally. I got to tell you, I'm feeling better, though. She had me on the onion water. She had me on the fermented garlic honey. She even put onions in my socks. <laughs> that, was, that was a weird one. But uh, I think it pulled some toxins out of me. You For know? sure. She oiled up the body with some of those essential Ooh. oils. Mm -hmm. I mean, it lavender is. And it peppermint. is love month. Just yeah, saying. I love it. Like, did you ever think that I would be this? Like, when O met me, I was like guzzling Jameson. <laughs> By the gallon. Did you ever think now it'd be like such crunchy moms with all my different mason jars full of different concoctions? <laughs> no, and... not at all. But I love it. I love the, the growth <laughs> and the progress and our journey from where we started to where we are now. Yeah, oh, it's all part of so it, right? And I, and, and I hate being off routine. That's probably the worst part about when you're not feeling so hot. It's like, ah, oh, like you don't want to get up and do your typical routine. Cold plunge in the past two days has been like, oh, this is, like, this, this is a last thing I want to do right yeah. now but I knew like if I didn't get that win in yesterday and like this morning that it was gonna put me a little bit more down in the dumps than I could have been yeah totally yeah today we're gonna be talking about five life hacks five life hacks when you're feeling discouraged so I gotta talk about momentum a little bit because momentum reaffirmed that people are going through hurts and struggles mm -hmm. and a lot of time we're prioritizing fitness and that's great because fitness helps clear the mind, helps clear anxiety, helps get you out of a slump, get you out of depression. But I think we're kind of missing that like mental aspect a little bit and what to do when you are feeling discouraged or down the dumps. Yeah, because I think generally when we talk about getting fit, it becomes a little bit clearer of a lane of how you do that, right? I mean, you eat clean and there are different, we've talked about this, there's different protocols that work for that. You move daily. These things are, are I would say, pretty common knowledge they're difficult to implement but pretty common knowledge but i think when we look at mental health and we look at when you're in a slump or you're in a season of discouragement or you're in a season of self-doubt there really isn't a clear path so you and i were talking this week and just 
some friends that we have going through some things and stories and family stuff that's kind of taken place. And we were talking about what we do when we find ourselves in those seasons, because it's not if it's when Yeah, it's when you're, you're going to go through a slump. And part of that is the routine side of things. Right. But we thought, you know, how do we take it a step further and try to create maybe five practical tips and tricks that we utilize all the time? Cause yeah. I suffer I suffer from depression and anxiety I have my whole life and it's been such a journey for me on figuring out how do I manage that proactively and holistically Mm -hmm. and something that I felt like I was in control of because I think for so many years I just kind of assumed that it was out of my control and this is just who I was and you know, depression runs in my family and I'm just an anxious person. And while some of those things are still very true, it doesn't, the conversation doesn't end there. Right. Yeah. And I think over the past couple of years, like people have found themselves even more isolated and finding it hard to find a group of people or community that's there to support them, to listen to whatever hurts or struggles are going through because we've just been isolating ourselves. Like social interaction face to face isn't much of a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. So the mental health part of it is going to be huge. Yeah. So we have put together a nice little list for you guys today that we're going to review that is just five practical tips and tricks that Omar and I use to help get us out of a funk. Yeah. So number one is having a routine. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling down in a funk or you just feel like you're not moving the needle, you need to implement some kind of routine. It's the simplest form of self-respect. If we want others to respect our time, we first got to respect our own. Right. When I met you, you were a little bit of a (laughs) tornado there. Not much of a routine. A little bit. I mean, I had a routine, you know, Monday and Monday, toasty Tuesday, <laughs> wasted Wednesday, thirsty Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday fun day. And I was pretty damn consistent. You held strong to that routine. Yeah, I, I mean, did. I guess you're right. I guess you did have a routine. Yeah, I don't know if it was a positive necessarily, but it was fun. And now you're you're one of the most disciplined people I know. You think so? Hands down. Wow. Yeah. I thank you. Yeah, when it comes to whatever it is, your workouts, being consistent with it, your nutrition, your daily wins, it's like you are by far. Like when I'm looking for help, I'm like, hey, babe, I need you to hold me accountable because Mm. I know that's how disciplined you are that you can help me with that. Well, and I think for me, it's just because it's been something so measurable outwardly, like because of my own insecurities and issues. A lot of times I need things that are measurable to like kind of affirm, you know, the ups and downs that I feel like if you've got depression or anxiety, you know what that's like. Like one day you might be on top of the world and totally believe in yourself. And then the next day you're like, what was I thinking? I can't do this. So having a routine for me started to help have measurable outside wins that yeah. I could write down on a list that kept me motivated. Action breeds motivation, not in reverse. And when O and I first started dating, I remember almost being like resentful, like how routine you were because <laughs> it was so foreign to me. Yeah. And I just felt like this like wild tiger being put in a cage. <laughs> like, no, like I don't want to eat the same things all the time. Yeah, I, don't, sure. I don't want to do the same things every, every day. day. And, and, and it was little things, right? Like it wasn't only eating tacos on Tuesday, although we do that now quite often. <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily that. It was just really having some predictable wins throughout the day that was programmed. And I fought you on it for so long. And then I think finally when I decided to see what was on the other side of saying no to that, I realized for me how much it helped me manage my own feelings and regulate my own feelings. And even if I didn't feel like I did as much as I had hoped during that day or didn't land the way I had hoped or whatever that is, I can look back and say, okay, 
at least I stack some things in my favor mm-hmm. to start the day. And then it really does is overused as this statement is right now. Discipline really is freedom because then once you have that routine and discipline, it really allows you to make decisions. I think so much easier from that place um, and know where to, to go back to when you want to feel good and you want to just turn your brain off and go into autopilot. That routine actually gives you the freedom to do that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I definitely noticed a difference, which brings us to hack number two. Stacking as many daily wins as possible, y'all. The idea here is to create a checklist of daily wins, and there's actual science to back this, right? So let's talk about dose. These are your daily happy chemicals, how we can achieve this through the daily wins. So the D on dose stands for dopamine. It's what makes you feel motivated. Things you can do to increase this happiness level is to have a daily to-do list or something creative like writing, music, or art. So I'll just give you my daily wins list. I think I posted this on my story a couple days ago. But the first one right out of the gate is no snooze, mm. which I'm still working on. And I think I saw that from from Christy. I think yeah. Christy posted that. Shout out to Christy with Fit LV. Nutrition yeah. and fitness. Yeah. So she said, like, when you hit the snooze, it's almost like you're breaking a promise to yourself. And that really, like, rung mm. a bell. Because, I mean, I, I'll admit it. Like, I'm a snoozer. I'll set it for a certain time. Why do we do that? Set it early and then hit the snooze for a couple times. And I'm like, oh, gosh, you should have just set it for the time you're going to get up at. There's also science that shows when you fall back asleep, too, you're starting a new sleep cycle and it actually makes you feel more tired. Mm. So, you know, we I coach 5 a.m. on Wednesdays and I tend to get up at like 345 if I'm going to do a cold plunge and make myself a coffee and get my my daily wins and my routine in the morning. Yeah. And I have found that even if I is that early, you can fall back asleep even for five minutes. And so the difference between getting up right when the alarm gets off as hard as it is, I just don't think about it. I just like take the blanket off and stand up and start walking. It does make a big difference than even just five minutes on the snooze because you're starting that sleep cycle again. And that's why you feel so groggy and even more tired. So I guess that makes sense. I know it doesn't make it easier, but it gives you at least the signs to justify you need to get up when the alarm goes off. Yeah. So I'm working on that one. And then cold plunge, like I said, the past couple of days, I'm like, this is the last thing I want to do. What day are you on? Day 32. 30, son, 31. Day 32, y'all. I'm one behind. And then the cold plunge, I get my prayer in. Have a conversation with the man. That always makes me feel good. You know, that's where I get to dive in deep because, like I said, you've been a really good long, long distance prayer. <laughs> you, you can do the long marathons. Format. I give like, like a sermon before bed. I'm like a 5K prayer, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a marathon. Yeah, for sure. So I've been getting like a solid three minutes in and I haven't even had to wear my watch lately. I've just been mm. kind of like watching the uh, the song, how much time is left on the song. And it's, if it's somewhere between three and four minutes, it's like, let's go. Yeah. You know? And then the song is over and I'm like, all right, amen, we're out. So prayer, then the lemon salt water. Talked about that when you write my lemon love notes. Gratitude, hit the gratitude journal, morning reflections. First thing out of the gate. I love it when I ask you affirmations, mm. you know, I tend to write, I am kind, I'm successful, I'm strong. Uh, and then gratitude, you know, get the right things you're grateful for, always grateful for my supportive wife, mm. grateful for a body that's capable. You know, and I think that's just a good way to start off the morning. It's another, it's another win, you know? Yeah, it sets the mindset for the day of really thinking about even before anything happens to you, like what are all the things that you have to be thankful for. And we all have something to be thankful for. Yeah. And then as soon as I wrap up with my gratitude journal, I've been hitting the Bible, reading some Proverbs, and then I leave the house. So I get those six wins in before I even leave the house, you know, coach a couple classes, a couple classes, a few classes, and then I get into a workout, maybe around 10 or so. We usually get outdoors, take the kids to the park on the daily, get up there for well, at least 30 minutes or so. We usually get some grounding in, get the shoes off. Say hello, we're so hippie. I love say it. Say hello, be the first person with her shoes off. And we're like, what she's are our you barefoot doing? kid. She is. She loves it. But mm-hmm. to get outdoors, get some sunshine, get some grounding in, get your feet in the grass, get in some dirt. 
and then something something creative. I think creating is is one that's kind of underutilized and kind of missed a little bit. Well, and I also think it's something that you easily gloss over because <laughs> even when we were discussing this last night, I mean, your your creative is so outward, right? And something that's usually shared, whether it's like photos or videos or creating apparel or whatever that is. And I was like, I'm not really that creative. And you corrected me because it is in the little things. So I do crafts with the kids or mm -hmm. right now it's Valentine's Day. So I did signs on each of the doors on our house, one for Omar, one for Uriah, one for Sayla. And then I cut out 14 hearts with 14 things that I love about each of them. And every day we're putting one up. And I think of that as like such a cute little mom thing in yeah, a way of showing always, love. You but, always minimize that. You yeah. always talk about like you don't have anything, you don't have an outlet, but you're you always do traditions like that that make us feel so special, you know, from like I said, making the hearts 14 days. Yeah, we have a chalkboard uh, wall in our kitchen yeah. that's floor to ceiling, and we generally will always do countdowns on that or yeah. celebrations of that. And yeah. I think that was such a powerful perspective that you gave me last night because I think labeling is such a powerful thing that we do to, to ourselves. So I am not creative. I am not this. I do not get up early. I am not a morning person. Yeah. And we tell ourselves these things. And if you tell yourself that, it's it's true, even if the behavior isn't. And it's almost like the mindset is even more powerful than the behavior of just being able to recognize that. And after you had pointed that out last night, I just kind of marinated on that and was like, oh, wow, like, yeah, I, I, guess I, I guess I am kind of creative. Yeah, totally. And it was really empowering. And it made me think about the importance of how we stack our habits to be the person that we want to be and maybe leaving those labels behind because yeah. just because you used to think just because you weren't a morning person doesn't mean that you can't be just because I am not generally a very organized person doesn't mean I can't be. Yeah. I just need to stack my habits and my routine in to, favor of that in favor of it. Exactly. Yeah, for totally. sure. So then after doing something creative, I got play with kids, um, home cooked dinners. That's always a fun thing. It's a real good bonding time just to come home. Mm. And you know what I mean? The kids are chopping up whatever it is, chopping up veggies. They want to be included on everything, you know? Yeah. And Sayla loves doing dishes. So it's, she does. It's like a little, I hate doing you dishes. You get like a little annoyed at first because you're like, no, there's not much you can do here. And then you're like, hey, like, we don't have a TV, so <laughs> let them uh, join us, you know? Yeah. I tend to like do the dishes and then like, let her rinse them all out and hand them to me. And it's such a fun bonding time, mm -hmm. you know? And then to sit down at the table and just enjoy dinner and have quality time, break bread, have conversations, catch up on the day. Well, I love that you intentionally put play with the kids because I think as parents, like we have daily interaction with your kids and there's a difference between daily interaction and intentional interaction. And I think studies say now it's uh, working parents get 15 minutes on average of quality time of quality time, not like, you know, serving dinner or baths or bedtime stories, like real quality time of connection. And I think we have so many kids that are craving that from parents. And I, I would just encourage you if you have kids at any age, start to intentionally look for a way to connect with them every day. Yeah. Could be just a moment. It could, I mean, for you, it could have been like washing the dishes with Sayla. For me, sometimes it's like going up in your eyes room and seeing what Lego he built or <laughs> just being really intentional with that. It only takes a couple minutes, but man, does it make such a difference in the way that you feel, you know, yeah, it does. towards them and your patience towards them and all of that. Yeah, it's like if we're going to the park and... You know, our kids are homeschooled, so there's times where there's not kids Uriah's age at the park. And totally. he's like, oh, Dad, like, if there's not someone of my age, you're going to be playing tag with me. And I'm like, yeah, we're playing tag, bro. You're like the cool dad that plays tag, though, because even <laughs> if there's kids at the park, he's like, my dad will play tag. Yeah, he calls oh, me out. Oh, this kid's fast. Wait till you meet my dad. It's <laughs> hilarious. I'm not going to lie. There's some days where I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I won't play tag. And Uriah's getting fast, you know? Like, I used to be able to pump the brakes <laughs> at about 80%, you know what I mean? And now it's like, I got to go 100% if I don't want him to catch me. Mm-hmm. 
catch me, catch me if you can. That's always fun. And then we go in, I go into journaling again at night, just kind of a recap of the day, try to read 10 pages before bed. And then this is what we're working on is be in bed by 9 p.m. Ah, I know. know. You can't get them all. No, you, you got to have goals. Though. We got goals. We got to stretch ourselves. Yeah, usually like 10, huh? 10, yeah. 10, 30. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I got cardio. Cardio with the wife. <laughs> Wink. We won't talk about that too much. Everyone's got their own name for it, all right? You know, it's just part of marriage, y'all. And then we got, uh, we got O in dose. So D-O-S-E, the O stands for oxytocin. It's a feeling of trust. It's known as the cuddle or love hormone. Things like physical touch, socialization, and cardio. self-care. <laughs> this stuff like massage, listening to music, and spending time with people that makes you feel good. You got to remember, not everyone's going to make you feel good. You're going to come around some people with some negative energy where you ain't vibrating on the same frequency. You got to be aware of that. Yeah, and gotta, I think gotta it, keep I, them at arm's distance, you know? I, I tend to be a little bit of a people pleaser sometimes, and I think that this is something I've struggled with, but I've become much more attuned to that and realized that you can still love someone, you can still have them in your life, and you can still create some healthy boundaries because... I'm very empathetic and I will take that on and take it with me. And there are some things that if I don't feel good or I feel icky after a conversation, I've just become much more in tune with myself on surrounding myself with people more often than not that don't make me feel that way. Yeah, for sure. Because once you start to pay attention to it, it does make such a difference. And it's hard. It's this is kind of the hard part of life. But it, you got to protect yourself as well. You do. We know that Social City lives up to the name. I love that's a hub for people to be to be and find friends. Like, where do you go to find friends as, as an adult? You know what I mean? That yeah, isn't literally. going out or hitting the strip or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we've heard so many stories about people moving to Las Vegas and looking for a new crew and finding it at the gym. S. S is for serotonin. This is known for feeling significant or important amongst peers. You can mm. access this through sunlight, cold showers, cold plunging, or exercise, y'all. And then last but not least is E for endorphins. This is a release of brief euphoria to mask a physical pain. It is a response to pain and stress that alleviates anxiety and depression. Access this through laughter and crying. Eat dark, eating dark chocolate. Hey, that one though. That one though. That one. I would like a massage and some dark chocolate. Stretching, meditation, <laughs> and dark chocolate mm-hmm. to release them endorphins. So I'm going to reread to you guys my daily wins to see what I did here and how I set that up, right? So I had the no stews. The cold plunge was my release of oxytocin and serotonin. And then prayer also releases oxytocin and endorphins. Move on down to the workout. Working out covers all of them, everything. DOSC, you'll get everything from working out. So that's how important it is to at least go for daily walks. I think walking is just It's so underestimated. And the difference, I mean, perfect example, when we started doing 75 hard, really the only thing that changed in our routine was a daily walk. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we were already drinking a gallon of water. We generally train every day. Our diet, for the most part, is the same. But the extra stretch was really getting in that outdoor walk. And for me, the difference was literally 20 pounds. Like, it's 20. And, like, nothing else different in my routine. I mean, I had cut out gluten. I would managed some inflammation and whatnot. But the difference was (sighs) intentionally getting in those steps. And I'm not saying that that is going to be the same for everyone. However... It was such an eye opener as many years as we've done fitness and as many times as we had heard, you know, the 10,000 step challenge a day or 8,000 steps or whatever, whatever the goal or stretch was. I never realized how much impact that could have on someone that was already like training all the time. And now it's something that I if I don't make it to the gym, I still have to walk. I need to get get some steps steps in. in. Yeah. If anyone's looking for any sort of advice on 
fitness and losing some weight, losing some extra pounds, I would give you a 30-day challenge of walking 30 minutes and do it with your family. Mm. Get some good bonding time in, man. We do the walks. It's like, man, just to get to hear the kids and their imagination and them catch us up on the day and just to see them ride their scooter and their (laughs) bikes. And 90% of the time, we're getting to the park and playing tag with each other. It's just good bonding time. It really brought us real tight and close as a family. Totally. So then I got... Getting outdoors in sunshine, like I mentioned before, releases serotonin. We got grounding also releases serotonin. Doing something creative releases the dopamine and endorphins. And then a little cardio with the wife for some <laughs> oxytocin release. <laughs> That's how I stack my wins, you know? I stack them in favor of all those happy chemicals. So make sure you guys aren't missing out on those. Because if you're doing the opposite of that, you're obviously going to have opposite results. Like yeah, that. and I think it's it shows the strategy, right? Like there is a little bit of strategy to this. Like, A, pick daily wins, things that are something that you're going to accomplish, something that's moving the needle forward towards the person that you want to be, but also thinking about this dose method of yeah. like, okay, what can I do within my realm that is accomplishing my goals that hit these things? Because you're programming it in your day. So mm-hmm. even if you're in a funk, you are getting into action to something that is going to release that chemical and it will release. And it may take two weeks might take two years. Everyone is different in terms of when they have that breakthrough, but man, you're setting yourself up for success. And it always feels so good. Yeah. All of them feel so good. Yeah. That's why people get hooked. That's why I'm like a creature of habit. Totally. You know? Number three is consumption, y'all. We got, you are what you eat, but you are also what you watch and what you listen to. What you consume with all your senses impacts the way you think, act, and live. And don't minimize this one, guys. When you're thinking about areas of your life like diet and nutrition, you want to speak on how You try to manage that for us and the family? Yeah, I mean, for us, I have an autoimmune disease. And so I, you know, it's a little bit of a shock collar for me in terms of keeping the nutrition on point. But it also kind of creates some really healthy guardrails on like what we try to keep in our home. We keep it really simple, as many single ingredient foods as possible. So fruits, vegetables, our carbs are usually like rice, potatoes. Uh, We're not really pasta people, but if we were... It's, you know, a gluten-free chickpea pasta or something mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, and, and if we're looking at ingredients on food, if you cannot pronounce it, you probably shouldn't be eating it. Probably should be eating it. So, um, and it, that's not for everything, right? But it's like we want to look at that for the majority. And it's those stacking of habits that are different. It's like if there's something, if I know that there is something that we have no self-control around, then I'm not bringing it in the house. Yeah. Now, intentional treats and whatnot, like we're not savages. Like we do live and we we have plenty of good food and mm-hmm. I'm Greek, so I'm never going to not celebrate with food. That is just a part of my culture and I'm not going to be any different. But I've learned for myself that it's like removing that temptation makes a big difference. And then it plays out in everything else. A, you feel good, period, like physically. Uh, your kids the difference in behavior, it matters. And I know this is like such a polarizing comment, but if you are having behavioral issues with your kids, evaluate their fuel. It matters more than you think. Food coloring matters. Seed oils we try to avoid. Um, They're very inflammatory. And again... Yeah, we see it. It's noticeable. Yeah. Yeah, our kids eat relatively clean and like you said like we're not savages like we let them have little treats yeah for sure but But the difference in when they're consuming that you see the difference in how that plays out and so we've been very cognizant and i and i also want them to understand how to fuel themselves because listen they're gonna have plenty of time on their own budget when they grow up and move out to pick whatever they want to eat 
They're going to do whatever they're going to do. And I want to encourage that. Again, we don't completely eliminate things. We still have pizza and ice cream and all the things. It's just in moderation. But giving them the baseline understanding of how to feel their body is a huge priority for me. It is so confusing. And I worked in labeling in my beverage days in terms of understanding like how you get the organic label. How do you get the gluten-free label? And then started to realize obviously what kind of BS that was in the marketing world. So for me, simple is better. I mean, it is that simple. And we'll notice it on like birthdays, you know, birthday parties. Like it's just the nature of the beast, you know, like there's pizza, there's cupcakes and cake and lollipops and candy. And it's like, oh man. When we get home at night, we're like, what's going on? We like, need a okay. padded room for sure. We probably had 250 grams of sugar in one shot. So, <laughs> yeah, their behavior makes sense. Yeah. Then we're talking about things like the themes and the music you're listening to, what books you're reading or what audio books you're listening to. Because I think about when I was a kid, like I had no guardrails as to what I, I was know. Able we to always to. talk about this where I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, what was your favorite Christmas movie? And what did you say? Yeah, it was like Friday, bro. Friday. That was <laughs> Friday, next Friday, Friday after next. Yeah, totally. those were my movies, man. And I was like, well, what age did you watch that at? Because yeah. my parents were pretty good about keeping guardrails around like appropriate content that they saw fit for us at a certain age. But it does make such a difference. I think we talk about consumption. We, the automatic thing we're talking about health and wellness is you easily jump to food, yeah, which is such a foundational thing, but it's so much more than that. It's what you're listening to. It's what you're watching. It's the sound bites of your friends that you're consuming. Like what are you consuming overall? Overall. Yeah. With all of your senses. Yeah, I think about how like hip hop influenced me, you know? Like my dad was like, I think I was in the second or third grade. He's like, go on the swap meet and buy me the Tupac Shakur <laughs> Hail Mary album. And I was like, all right, dad, put it on the truck. And I'm like, are you sure you want me listening to this, you know? Yeah. But I had no boundaries. And it was like all this, that Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre back then, like that was my jam. I wanted to dress like them with yeah. the dickies and the chain and the hat, you know? Chuck Taylors with the with the fat laces in. And <laughs> I think that's why laces. I have a thing. For, that's why I have a thing for old school cars. Totally, you know what I mean? it was influenced by the hip hop culture. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think when we get older, we assume that we're not so easily influenced, right? Because it's like as a kid, that's such a a theme you hear from your parents sometimes. Like you are who you hang with, or like you're influenced by those things. And I think as we get older, we forget that we're still very easily influenced. We're still just as equally influenced by the friends that we're around and the music that we listen to or the podcasts that we listen to yeah. or the audiobooks, TV that we're watching, the friend circle that you're hanging out with. Like, listen, you hang out with five people that don't like their spouse, you probably ain't going to like your spouse. Ooh. Like, again, probably a little polarizing, but that is that is real talk. And I think if you want to see a difference in your life, you have to start being accountable to your decisions as an adult. Dang, and preach. That, hit it with it. Well, little boss lady <laughs> lecture. If anyone that used to work for me had plenty of those. But it's it's such a real thing. It's it, You have to eat a piece of humble pie and really start to evaluate your life. If you are depressed and you are sad or you are angry, who are you listening to? What personalities are you looking up to? Who are you connecting with? You know, like if you are not connecting with your husband, are you hanging out with a lot of girls that don't like their husband? Yeah, true. That probably is not going to help. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you can't be there for them. Doesn't mean that they're not your girlfriends, but that is still part of consumption of the sound bites that you're hearing. Cause yeah, that becomes your echo chamber. Totally. Yeah. Of like, wait, my husband does that too. Wait, should I have been upset about that? And that stuff can happen in the subconscious, not even in the forefront of your mind. And I think until you start, it's like an elimination diet. And yeah. still, until you start eliminating 
toxic things in your life, whether it's food, people, places, or things, you will not know the difference. So elimination diet. That rolls us right into number four. Your social circle matters. Just like I said, you are who you hang with. If you don't have someone in your circle that inspires or motivates you, you got to surround yourself around people who you admire and want to like learn from, you know? If you don't have that, I would suggest you have some new players of the game. Totally. And if I could give a piece of advice, I can't remember where I picked this up from, but it's been very beneficial in my life, is having generational friends. Mm, having good. people that have gone before you that can advise you and speak life into you and maybe help give you insight to what they hope they would have known or they anchor maybe a life that you admire. I love Pete and Jody for the fact that I look at their marriage and the love that they have. It's such a genuine thing. You can feel it when you're around them. When we first met them, they were walking at the park and I swear I thought like Jody had a boyfriend because they were holding hands and just, it was that, that, carefree he had that yes he did he had that he like, had, like love I'm balance. A boyfriend balance yes like I like I have the hottest girl ever yeah. like I'm so happy and to me it's like man I want to surround myself with marriages like that mm -hmm. because I want to be that so it, any area of life whether it's something in fitness it could be business it could be faith it could be whatever area mm -hmm. find someone that has gone ahead and man do a service to the people that are yet to come find people a little bit younger than you that you can pour into and it doesn't necessarily have to be intentional, but be open to the opportunity. And I think Social City has been such a good example of that. It's such a melting pot of age, cultures, backgrounds, stories, and experiences. And there's these amazing kind of misfit best friendships that come out of that and these little clicks and bonds. And to me, it just affirms that of like, man, there's so much value in generational friendships, either a little bit older because they, again, have gone ahead yeah. and give you something to either learn from or aspire to. Yeah. And then again, you get giver's gain, right? Like you get to give the advice that you wish you would have had for maybe people that are on the the journey that you're on, whether it's like parenthood or marriage yeah, or my business. Guy, my guy Nestor was talking about that this week. He's like, yeah. man, it's important to have yourself a mentor, yes. a mentee, and a peer. And it's like kind of exactly what yes, you're saying. Yes, you know? totally. Shout out to Nestor, yeah, man. Shout out to Nestor, man. Nestor's good. If you need a friend, a good positive friend, <laughs> you need a Nestor in your life. He will Greatness. speak some like, greatness. He is like the hype. The hype dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hell, you're like the hype girl. He's totally. Hype yeah. Love and that, that brings us to number five, which is self-development. It's never too late to be learning, y'all. We could, we should never stop chasing the greatest version of ourselves. And this could look like investing in yourself with a mentor for business or a life coach. Um, personally, for me, what was it? Probably the beginning of last year. I was like, man, I want to take my video editing and stuff to the next level. Like mm -hmm. I'm here and I'm kind of stuck. What can I do? And I came across these guys, yeah. Drew and Gabe. I just was browsing. Shout out to yeah, Drew and Gabe. Shout out to Drew and Gabe. Dude, they, got, and I they put out up. some fire content. And I was just like, yo guys, you guys do any kind of mentorship or a program to teach how to edit the way you guys do? Cause I yeah. love the way you guys do that. And they kind of took me under their wing for video editing, like showed me all the tips and tricks, helped me download filters and color grading and kind of just taught me like how to really crush videos in the way yeah. that I've like always wanted to do, you know? And I really admired that you were so open to taking mentorship from someone that was younger than you. Yeah. Because I think as you get older, I mean, it's a little, sometimes it feels a little harder to take direction from maybe someone that's younger because you just have that perceived knowledge that, oh, they're still a kid or whatnot. Not that Drew and Gabe were kids by yeah. any means, but it's the idea that it's like, man, again, generational friendships, like don't put the limitation yeah, on that and just find the people if there's someone that's doing something and they're crushing it and you want 
more of that. Talk to them. What do you do? What's your secret sauce? I think you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to share. Yeah, and it was cool because, like you said, even though they were younger than me, they were still hyping me up. Like, yeah. You know, just gas, cheerleader, yeah. just supporting me like, yo, you're crushing it, man. Keep totally. it up, you know. And I think people need that. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, other things I've done is the BLG invested in big little gyms, which is just a gym business. Shout out to Will and Aaron. They're amazing. Aaron, you guys, they've laid out everything you need to know to get your business dialed in as a micro gym business owner. You just have to put in the work. Yeah. And it's been great. Been with them for probably six to eight months now. And Mm -hmm. we're seeing nothing but growth. And we're going to continue to grow and build the gym out of the seams. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) We had 75 hard. Anyone who's done 75 hard, you're like, man, you've you've had some growth. Yeah. And you want to hate on it because I almost feel like it's like cold plunging, right? Like, I personally, I did not want to do the cold plunge. I was yeah. like, it's not going to be that great. And then it's that great. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm one, Here of, those we go, I'm one of those people. <laughs> one of those people. But in 75 Hard, I kind of felt the same way, especially at the time it became, it was such a kind of trendy thing to yep. do. Yep. But we did the 75 Hard, then the three phases that come after that. And mm-hmm. I have to say, single-handedly, that program, and not just doing the 75 days, doing all four phases changed the way I viewed myself and like what I was capable of. And and I'm not saying that maybe you have to do 75 hard, but it was the challenge of doing something that like I did not know if we were going to be able to do it. And then we ended up having to do, we did 75 hard back to back. Oh, and I were on like day 62. We got the <laughs> stomach bug and yeah. like could not hold down our water. Yeah, for sure. And then everyone kept saying like, oh, are you guys going to start over kind of joking? And you know, we're like, yeah, we don't challenge it. the fosters. Totally. We're just a little competitive. Yeah, and it was like, like, we missed it. We're starting over. Yeah. And, and everyone's like, just do like the 13 days that you missed. And we rolled through and did another 75. We took a, a day off, which wasn't even a day off. It was really just like puking our guts out <laughs> and then picked it up the next day. And, and that for me, it didn't matter what anybody else thought. It ne- didn't necessarily need to be that uh, program, but it changed the way I viewed myself and what I was capable of, of just being like, hey, if I decide I'm going to do it, if I just make the decision to mentally commit, yeah. then just show up for myself in yeah. that. And again, checklist, daily wins, it stacks into all the stuff we just talked about. Yeah. So those are our five things that if you commit to, I guarantee you guys will see change. It may take two weeks for some, it may take two years for others, but commit to the journey of chasing a happier and better you. And read. Read. Oh, don't, yeah. don't forget to read. Forget to if read, you don't yeah. know where to start, we have a whole list of books. Maybe we'll <laughs> put them in the show notes for you yeah, guys. Yeah, for sure. Let's get into Obsession of the Week. The Week, the, the Week, the Week. 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 <laughs> Shout out. We had some people comment on their Obsession of the Week. Uh, Pete, Jody's husband, was like, my uh, Obsession of the Week is hopefully getting an invite to Omar's house for some of his ribs. Yo, Pete, <laughs> I'm going to add some extra ribs to the butcher box to make sure we have enough because yeah. I definitely am going to need like a whole rack by myself. It was so good. Our guy Jordan commented over on our Facebook. He was loving the uh, Vegas sunsets lately. Mm. Vegas has some dope sunsets. Some we dope do. Sunsets. Yeah. And then we had our guy uh, Chris from In The Gene Fitness. He was commenting on how we found a new uh, meal prep company, Foodie Fit. Nice. Yeah. So thanks for leaving some comment on what your guys' obsession of the week is. Super cool. Hit it with it, boo. Ooh, so this week, my obsession of the week is going to be Vital Proteins Chocolate Collagen. Okay, okay. So I, um, again, um, I have an autoimmune disease, and so caffeine is not really great for that. And if you know anything about me, you know I love my coffee. And so I've just been trying to stack different habits to try to get the most out of my coffee and maybe not, like, waste that fresh cup first thing in the morning. So right after my cold plunge, I make myself, like, a nice little raw milk hot chocolate with my collagen and I look forward to it every morning. It actually motivates me <laughs> to get into the cold plunge because I know that's to, fo- to that yes, it, to that to follow. So it. if you have not tried it, it's so tasty. 
again, it's just a nice little easy habit stack for me of like, if you get in the cold plunge, you get that little raw chocolate milk after. So yeah. that's been my obsession this week for sure. I love that. What about you? I'm going to have to go with the Good Life Chef. Yeah. That's shout out Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. I know he's a sponsor of ours, but we got in or we uh, did a date night. We did. Right. And uh, he taught us how to make beef wellingtons. I mean, I don't know. Lie, I feel like a boss after that because I just feel like that like up my cooking game to another level. Yeah, I don't know so when, many I, when I would have had a chance to either enjoy one of those or to make one, but he put us onto it. It was so fun. Yeah. He'll be doing some couples classes, couples cooking classes in the month of February. So check out their website. What is the good life meal prep.com. Yeah. Check that out to book yourself a, a date night with the wifey or, or with the hubby. Wife approved. It was so, it was so much fun. And Andrew's just a, a light anyways. And the food, oh my gosh, it was so, it was so rich that you had to like slow down because you just wanted to eat the whole thing. But yeah, yeah. there you go. Be Wellington. All right, boo. Let's close it out with some gratitude. You go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. First thing first, grateful for the studio mm. to be able to come and record. Quan's got an amazing setup here. Yeah, shout out to Quan. We've gotten nothing but good feedback. We're just grateful to have a place and a platform to just be able to talk. It's been awesome because we get to spend nights uh, working together and collabing yeah. on the script and all that and talking about ideas of things we want to do. Mm -hmm. And then it's been cool because like date nights or something we kind of struggle with. So these have been kind of like day dates to kind of get away. We get to drop the kids <laughs> off and people know that we're shooting on Saturday. So it's like, oh, who doesn't mind watching the kids? <laughs> yeah. I feel like people are starting to step up a little bit more. Shout That's out cool. to Gabby, Auntie Gabby and Uncle Brian for watching the kids right now while we're here filming the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Number two, I was talking about this morning, but I'm grateful for a body that's capable. I'm always grateful that for, for grateful for that. You were talking about the motorcycle accident and I think that's where that perspective came mm. for me is just things could have been so much worse, yeah. but I'm here. I'm able to move. I'm able to walk. I'm able to get around. And some people don't have that. You know, some people don't have limbs and legs and, and heart and courage to, to do things that we do. So I'm grateful for a body that's capable yeah. every day. And then I'm grateful for our kids. Kids bring so much light to my life. I get to just see that perspective through their eyes. See how amazing of a of a life we're providing for them, mm. getting to spend time with them. I just I love being a dad. It's yeah. One of the greatest rewards. Kids are such gifts from God, you know? They really are. Yeah. So those are my three things. I love that. So for me, my this week it's going to be number one. I am super thankful um to be home when Uriah lost his second front <laughs> tooth. So now we yeah. have a toothless wonder Smell at home. <laughs> And I just, I love, I mean, like you said, I love our kids so much and I love every phase, but I just love the excitement around these like little moments that, that I know right when they're happening, I, I feel like I'm like trying to press record in my brain because I'm like, man, I just want to remember all of this. Mm -hmm. um, but I love just the little milestones that we get to celebrate and he yeah. just looks so cute without his two front teeth. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, number two, I'm going to say your patience. Uh, Omar is the most patient person I know and even when he doesn't feel good, uh, he's still patient with the kids. He's patient with me. He's patient when we're trying to hack stuff out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's such an undervalued uh, personality trait sometimes oh, thank you. on just how it translates. And so I'm just, I'm glad that you're patient with me <laughs> as much as you are. Um, and last but certainly not least, man, I'm just super thankful for our members. I had, I got to coach a couple extra classes this week because I was not feeling good. And I got to uh, coach sometimes that I don't normally get to coach. And it's like, man, dude, the energy that you get from people and how bought in and supportive everyone's been, how supportive they are of our kids. Shout out to Clifton. He got uh, <laughs> a little mermaid wig this morning yeah, or this morning at the gym. And I just thought to myself, like, how lucky are we 
our kids are surrounded. Our family is surrounded by people that really care. Yeah. And I just don't ever take that for granted. And we had Jerry drop in this morning. Yeah. Jerry's like one of our OG members yeah, from like was. So 2011. Yeah. Got to see Coach Dan, who was our right-hand man for yeah. so many years, see their kids. And I just thought like, what a cool way to experience life with people. Yeah. And I don't ever want to take that for granted because I, I see the difference that it makes and I see the friendships that are made. And I just am grateful that people trust us with their fitness, but more so that they like trust us with the journey of like where we're taking them and just the support. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. And that wraps up episode four. Episode four. Yeah, we're done, man. Episode four moving on next week. Got any ideas? Want to tell people what we'll be chatting about? Mm, let's see what they put in the comments. Oh, we'll see what they put no, in the we comments. No, we have a couple um, guest speakers lined up. We're just trying to firm up some details. But like I said in the beginning of the episode, if there's anything that you guys want covered, we want this to be a resource for you guys. We want it to be entertaining, but we want it to be a resource. And we have a plethora of friends in many different arenas of specialty. So maybe if there's something in particular that we could add value in your life, let us know. You want to close it out for us, Boo? Well, here we go. So just remember you're made with a purpose, on purpose. And thank you for spending an hour with us. Fit Force, you know, whoop. Woo! Peace. Chicken grease. <laughs>